Welcome to the Horror Writers Podcast, where the pen is mightier than the gore. Join me, your host, Jay Thorne, as I discuss writing and publishing horror using strategies that work for all genres. The Horror Writers Podcast keeps it lean, delivering concise information to the aspiring author. Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. It's mid-July, summer is in full swing, and that is great news no matter where you are, so I hope you are enjoying it. Uh, My last podcast was from the California Zephyr, somewhere in between Chicago and San Francisco, so I'm glad to be back in my home studio today with my own microphone and uh, full sound gear, so it's nice to be back. Today's topic is prehistoric dinosaur erotica. That's right, that is the exploding genre on Amazon right now. There is a ton of money to be made there. Uh, And so no matter what you're writing, you got to make sure that you can tag it as prehistoric dinosaur erotica, really hot stuff. And clearly, I'm just kidding, at least uh, I hope you understand I'm kidding. Uh, It's, it's, a joke because uh, there is, well, but there probably is prehistoric dinosaur erotica. I'm not about to go searching for it. Uh, I don't know what I would find. Really, the, the topic of today's episode is what to write. And on the surface, that seems like a really simple question. All of the traditional advice, everything you'll hear, everyone always says, of course, to write what you love. And that seems like a pretty simple answer to that question. But there's there's really more to it than that. Um, Chances are you enjoy more than one genre when you read. Uh, And so you might be tempted to think that that applies as an author as well. And to some extent it does, but I'm going to, I'm going to make a, uh, I'm going to make a few points today that I, you know, hope you'll consider. Remember my advice is my advice only, and I'm sure you'll find contradicting advice and I would be as skeptical of mine as any others out there. I'm just simply sharing what I've learned, and hopefully that'll help you. So really, I think what the, the, the best way to describe this is to think of Pepsi and Aquafina. You're probably familiar with both of those products. Um, you may or may not know that PepsiCo owns Aquafina, but it's interesting that Pepsi, even though they own a bottled, a bottled water company, they don't stick the Pepsi logo on it. It's because they don't want to confuse the customer. And I, this sounds silly, but it's true. Uh, we've all had beverages before we know the difference between soda and water, and yet the person, that, uh, the person who buys a Pepsi is a, a different person than who buys bottled water. They're different customers, and Pepsi knows this. And so even though it seems strange that they would not just call it Pepsi water or something of that nature, they don't, and there's a reason for that. So not a great analogy, but uh, at least it'll sort of get you thinking about this. Really, what I think is most important and the takeaway from today's episode is that you are building a brand. Uh, You're in this for the long haul, I assume. You have career goals. You want to sell your work. And the way that you got to do that is you got to build a brand. And a brand is not built on one product. It's not built on one book. And the last thing that you want to do is you you don't want to confuse your reader. You don't want to make it uh, confusing to anyone as far as what they're getting. If they want a Pepsi, you got to make sure they're buying a Pepsi. If they want water, you got to make sure it's clear that it's water. And it sounds simple, but you'd be surprised at how often those, uh, how nebulous that can be when you start looking on the platforms on Amazon and Barnes and Noble, and it's hard to tell what something is. So, uh, 
I want to back up for a second. I want to tell you a little bit about my own path and why it's relevant. Um, if you find it incredibly boring, feel free to grab the uh, the playhead on your on your player and skip ahead a minute or two. It won't take long. But I wanted to just explain to you how I ended up where I am, and, and hopefully that'll give you some insight if for wherever you are. Uh, I didn't. I've been a writer my whole life, mostly journalism and, and technical writing. But I didn't start writing fiction until. 2009. So somewhere around 2008, I was reading a lot of epic fantasy. It's just what I happened to be in at the time, uh, what I was really into. And I started thinking like, wow, I, I really wish there was an epic fantasy based on something more historical, but something different, you know, not, not uh, Western European uh, high fantasy. I love that, but I, I was kind of craving something different. And uh, I was a history major in college, and I've studied and researched history for, for two decades now. And one of my areas of expertise is Mesoamerican history. I love uh, Aztec and Maya uh, culture and, and history. Even I love the Maya before the uh, 2012 apocalypse was, was cool. I, I was a big fan of the Maya. <laughs> so anyways, I started thinking like, well, I'm going to write an epic fantasy, and I'm going to base it in um, sort of Mesoamerican. I'm going to place it at the time where the Europeans were making first contact, and it's going to be somewhat historical, but I'm going to fold in all these elements of epic fantasy. So uh, I picked up Kings on writing, and I followed his advice, and I started writing a 180,000-word epic fantasy. Yeah, nothing like sticking your toe in the water, right? So I'm, I'm writing this epic fantasy. It's my very first time writing a novel, so it takes me like 12 months to get a first draft out. Uh, and so, you know, we get into 2010 and I'm starting, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm uploading stuff to Amazon long. And so the long and short of it is that I ended up, uh, pulling that because that, uh, as it was published was really sucky. And, uh, I thought it was great. It was my first book. Everyone thinks their first book is fantastic. And, and this was terrible. Uh, and so I pulled that and, uh, somewhere in 2010, I started writing a collection of essays that had to do with some of my experience in both academia and in other areas, and I thought that was a great book, and it was nonfiction, uh, as, I don't know, 50, 60,000 words, and I subsequently pulled that off the market. The bottom line is I probably have close to a quarter of a million words published and then unpublished, and the reason I did that uh, is because that's not my brand. And I love epic fantasy. I read it all the time. I love memoirs. Uh, I wrote those, uh, but they're not my brand. My, if you go to my website, if you look at my covers, if it doesn't scream horror and dark fantasy, then uh, I'm, I'm doing something wrong. And so I'm going for that branding. And even though I wrote those stories and those memoirs, and even though I you know, was emotionally attached to those I had to pull the plug uh, because I wasn't really sticking to my genre. And, and to be fair, uh, I'm not perfect. <laughs> I don't have all the answers. In fact, my best-selling book is a post-apocalyptic uh, dystopian tale called The Seventh Seal, and uh, that's still for sale. And so that doesn't really fit into my brand, but it's such a good seller that I don't have the heart to kill it. So it's still there. So I should probably take some of my own advice. The bottom line here is that if you have career goals... If you want to sell your work and you want it to be clear that it's your work and what, what your brand is, if you're trying to sell a soft drink versus bottled water, you need to know that. And it needs to be super, super clear to the customer, to the reader. They can't 
they shouldn't have to guess. And we've talked about some of these things in product description and in cover. Uh, that type of stuff is really important because no matter where you are on a platform or in a bookstore or anywhere else, if a reader picks up a book, that person should know right away what they're getting. And so that begs the question, well, then what do you write? So, you know, if you love horror, dark fantasy, or if you love epic fantasy or paranormal romance, well, you're, you're going to write in that genre, of course. But h- how do you write? So I'm going to break it down between fiction and nonfiction. Clearly, my experience has been in fiction. Uh, so I'll talk about that in a second. We'll start with nonfiction. If your career goal is to write, to write more than one book, um, then this applies. And my, my recommendation would be to start with a blog to book. And there's a lot of articles on that and there's a lot of ways to do it. But the idea is that you become an expert by doing a regular blog post. Uh, Estimates vary. I would say probably weekly is a minimum. You got to commit to that. You got to stick to it. You got to be disciplined. But you would be surprised if you do a 500 to 1,000 word blog post and you do that four times a month, you would be surprised how that builds. And it's a very popular transition to make to go from a blog to book because they're really a a different audience and people will read your blog, but it's also nice to be able to sit down with a book that you've arranged from blog posts uh, on a particular topic. So if you're writing nonfiction, that would be my recommendation would be to write more than one book on related topics, uh, whatever that topic happens to be, whatever you're the expert in, and to start it by doing a blog to book. And uh, there's a lot of resources on that. I may, uh, if I can find some good ones, I'll throw them in the show notes. So fiction. My recommendation as of right now, this is mid-2014, and if you spend any time researching this industry, you know how quickly this stuff can change. Right now, my recommendation would be to write in series. So standalone titles are great. There's nothing wrong with a standalone title, but we're talking about selling work. And if you write a standalone title and somebody loves it, where do they go next? So the, the, the best advice right now is to write in series. And the way there's, and you can even take that to um, another level. So you can write more than one series in the same genre. And then you can even loosely connect those series. So you can do that with crossover characters. You can do that with settings. If you're writing horror, dark fantasy, you could do that with uh, the monster, whatever the monster is in your particular world, uh, or just in your world. But you can, so you can change stories. You can have different types of series, but they're all connected and they're all in the same genre. So my example would be, I have uh, the Portal Arcane series, which is uh, about... Um, a redemption, a sort of an afterlife where you have to redeem yourself for things that you've done wrong. Uh, and there's a, there's a connection, a portal between the, the quote-unquote real world and this world. And that whole series is about being on the other side of the mirror, beyond the portal. And then I have the Hidden Evil series, and that's about um, these demons that come through the portals into our world, into the quote-unquote real world, and, and sort of what the problems they cause here. So there, one is more dark fantasy, one is more horror. Uh, they're completely distinct in series, but there's some overlap in, in that world. Uh, so that's an example of how you can take fiction right in series and then also loosely connect the series together. So what does that mean from a marketing standpoint, from a selling standpoint? Again, as of right now, my recommendation would be to aim for a uh, complete box set of a series, ideally a trilogy. So 
that would involve three novels and a novel can can vary as far as what that means by genre uh, a novel is much shorter in romance than it is say epic fantasy but whatever three novels constitutes in your particular genre I would, it would be three novels and four short stories that are related and ideally and now you, you may not wait until you have three novels and four short stories before you publish this whole box set but that would be your goal so as you write each book you're writing with the idea that these are going to end up packaged together and you can sell them separately and you can sell them together. Uh, there's a, you have a lot of flexibility when you write a trilogy that's going to be boxed with accompanying short stories. You can break them apart. You can use short stories as free teasers. Uh, there's so much you can do. But you can only do that if it's a complete trilogy that can be uh, packaged together. I would uh, recommend staying away from novellas. They're, novellas kind of put you in a no man's land as far as a marketing standpoint goes. Uh, sometimes readers feel cheated if it's not a full novel. And uh, they don't. if they're looking for a short story, they're usually too long for a short story. So, uh, I, and again, my own, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, I have The Man's Ruin out as a novella follow-up to The Seventh Seal. Um, it's probably not the best. I probably should get a second Seventh Seal book out, but for now, that's what I've got. Uh, but novellas in general are they're just kind of a no man's land. I'm not really sure the best way to use them. Uh, even pricing wise, it's like you there, there are a lot to give away for free, and yet it's kind of too much to charge 99 cents for a novella when that's what a cheap novel uh, costs. So consider that. The short stories are great to have. Uh, they don't do well on their own. Uh, it's really hard to sell directly to a reader a short story. However, uh, they're great for promotions and contests, anthologies, uh, teasers, blog tours. There's, uh, and, and writing a short story is a great exercise. It really forces you to be concise and efficient. And if the short stories are related to your series, to your world, as I talked about a few minutes ago, then they're great hooks. People can write, uh, you know, they can read, say, a prequel short story that really interests them in book one of your series. And it's a great, it's a great entry to your funnel. So um, short stories are great to write, good practice. They're great for promotions. They're probably not going to sell well uh, on their own. So I hope that gives you some insight uh, just to circle back around and summarize very quickly. Uh, remember, you're building a brand, so you don't want to confuse your cust uh, the customer. Uh, you want to make sure that uh, the customer knows what they're getting. Uh, you, can stick, you should stick to a genre unless you have a different pen name, in which case you could write in a different genre. But if you st stick to a genre, uh, aim for a trilogy that can be packaged as three novels and four short stories uh, at a minimum. And if you can, loosely connect your different series, that will, that will help. That Once people get into your world, they'll stay there, and you'll give them a lot of reasons to stay there. Uh, so that would be um, my advice. And what's becoming more and more apparent, the more I read, the more I talk to some of the best-selling authors in, in the indie world and the traditional world, for that matter, is keep writing. The best promotion, the best marketing, the best advertising you can ever do is your next book. So the day after you finish a book, start your next one. So that's it for me for now, and I will catch you next time. Don't forget, I could use a great review on iTunes if you're up for it, and join my mailing list for some great insider info. Take care.